Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. On those this podcast link, Frank, we're now episode 86. We're 86 episodes throwing out action-packed episode plan for you. Baseball is rolling as we're past MLB trade deadline. The Nets have ultimatum right now with Kevin Durant. Trade Kevin Durant or fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks, coach and GM. So much going on there. It's football month, everybody. It's football season. We got football games every single weekend from now until February, everybody. Stay tuned. So much more coming this episode. Now, let's start for episode 86, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. Yes, I said in the intro, Kevin Durant has officially given the Brooklyn Nets a choice. Brooklyn Nets already gave Joe Sy a choice. Trade me or fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks. And the owner said, I'm backing up my front office and I'm backing up my coaching staff. That's your choice right there. I'm going to talk about my answer, what I think the Nets should do later on. That's about it for the news in the NBA. So much going on with Kevin Durant. The saga continues. Kyrie Irving's going to be back. When that's the season, is Kevin Durant. We're just going to have to see. Ben Simmons, so much came out with him today, saying that after they asked him if he's going to play in game four in the team group chat, he just left the group chat. That was it. He left the group chat, and that was basically his answer. No, I'm not playing. I'm just going to leave the group chat. That's the type of player Ben Simmons is. Are we going to expect Ben Simmons to play with Kyrie Irving this season? Are we going to expect Ben Simmons to play a lot for the Brooklyn Nets this season? Leave your answer in the comments section. Sports at Mobile, where we actually packed a week. The New York Mets are by on terror right now. Everybody. My favorite team is on terror. Daniel Vogelbach is playing like the best DH in that now. Now, he can't hit left-handers at all. So it's smart to get Darren Ruff because Darren Ruff can obviously hit left-handers very, very well, unlike Daniel Vogelbach, which is great for the New York Mets. When he faces a left-hander, you put in Darren Ruff, and we get a good at that. Have Darren Ruff or Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach gets so many walks. Just so much going on with the New York Mets, everybody. Great stuff right there. But there's one thing I want to talk about here. Edwin Diaz has been the best closer in baseball all season long. And the Seattle Mariners traded him when he was about... 25 years old to the New York Mets with Robinson Cano for Jared Kelenic, Justin Dunn, and Jay Bruce. Now, Jay Bruce has already retired. His career is done, so that really didn't work out for the Seattle Mariners. Jared Kelenic, who was the number one prospect at the time, looking like a bust right now, and Justin Dunn made his debut for the season for the Cincinnati Reds against New York Mets last night, and the Mets obliterated him. That's all you need to know, everybody. The only successful piece out of that deal was Edwin Diaz. For a moment in time, it looked like no successful piece getting that deal. Edwin Diaz was struggling. Robinson Cano was struggling, Jared Kelenic was struggling, and obviously Justin Dunn was struggling. So a lot of pieces came out of that trade. I think the Mets officially have won this trade with Edwin Diaz being the best closer in baseball by far. You can't say Josh Hayes is the best closer in baseball. It's Edwin Diaz. The trumpets are playing, everybody, and the Mets are winning. That's music to my ears. Mets winning and trumpets playing. But this week, Chris Sale gets into another freak accident. Apparently, he broke his wrist while biking. Yes, he was riding his bike and broke his wrist. That ruins his season. That maybe ruins the Red Sox' chances for making the playoffs. The Orioles are currently ahead of the Red Sox in the playoff race. And now, yes, the Baltimore Orioles, who have been the worst team in baseball for the past five years, by far, are now ahead of the 2019 World Series champions. That's your thought right there. 2018, my bad. But Boston Red Sox, not doing so well right now. Chris Sale, going to be out for the rest of the season. Alex Cora, could this be his last season with the Boston Red Sox? We're just going to have to wait and see. So much going on with Chris Sale and the Boston Red Sox right now. Let's move to their counterpart, Rival in the AL East, New York Yankees are collapsing right now. Everybody, it's officially happened. Why did they trade Jordan Montgomery? I really thought he'd be out for a while with his foot injury, but no, he came back. He pitched amazing against the New York Yankees. They gave up. They really said, let's trade for Frankie Montas and let's dump Jordan Montgomery. Let's pick up Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader hasn't done anything. Andrew Bentendi hasn't done anything. Frankie Montas hasn't done anything. He had a terrible start. Jordan Montgomery tore up the New York Yankees, getting a sweep the St. Louis Cardinals over the New York Yankees. St. Louis Cardinals are for real, everybody. They got Nolan Arenado at third base. They got Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Both All-Stars, both MVP candidates. Yeah, Yadier Molina, one of the best catchers of all time. Behind the stop. Yeah, Adam Wainwright at pitcher. You got Miles Michaelis at pitcher. You got Jack Flaherty at pitcher. You got such a great bullpen. 
Giovanni Gallegos. Just this is such a great bullpen, in my opinion. Justice Cabrera, they had so many all-stars this season. Ryan Hesley, you can throw the ball 103 miles per hour. It's a great team. And New York Yankees are struggling so much right now. Can New York Yankees get things back on track? Can Aaron Judge get things back on track for this New York Yankees team? He hasn't struggled that much, even though in that St. Louis Cardinals series, he didn't hit a home run. He still had some on-base hits. Great stuff right there from Aaron Judge. But can the New York Yankees pick things up? Leave your answer in the comment section. Let's move to the NFL. We'll read some news this week with the preseason officially starting. Now, I'm not going to talk about my New York Giants fight. What is even going on there? Yeah, offensive lineman coach Bobby Johnson again to fight there. I mean, that is so unprofessional. I'm not even going to go into that. We had a huge fight at the Giants last year in training camp with Dale Jones being at the bottom of that pile. Then Joe Judge making everybody run in full pads. Tough stuff right here. I mean, Joe Looney retired the next day because of that. But yeah, Giants getting to another fight at training camp this year. But we're not going to go too in-depth into that. We're going to talk about the former New York Giants head coach, Ben McAdoo. Current offense coordinator right here for the Carolina Panthers. Excited. What's this guy talking about? Ben McAdoo? Yeah, Ben McAdoo was in the news this week where he said, I used to hate Baker Mayfield. I'm not even going to lie. I really not think Baker Mayfield is good. But seeing him up close, seeing him in person, I think Baker Mayfield's a legit quarterback. And Ben McAdoo, that's a tough thing to say right there. I mean, saying it in public, saying that you didn't like your current quarterback right now. Well, Baker Mayfield's tearing things up right now. I hope he can have a good season with the Carolina Panthers. And I hope Sam Darnold can maybe turn things around if he gets straight this season. Or if Baker Mayfield can't give it a go and Sam Darnold's the starting quarterback, if one of them can play well. That's my hope for the Carolina Panthers this season for one of them to play well. Now, to wrap the headlines, one player did request a trade this week in the NFL, and that's Kareem Hunt to everybody. Hopefully, Kareem Hunt can get his career back on track. Do you think the Cleveland Browns should trade Kareem Hunt? Do you think Kareem Hunt should save the Cleveland Browns? I don't know at this point. Kareem Hunt has kind of burned out as a running back. He used to be that elite running back with the Kansas City Chiefs, then he had all those issues. Interesting stuff there. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. What do you think? That's about it for the headlines this week. Take the week, everybody. This week's Take the Week is a college football segment. And it's a bit of a bolder one out there. Now, Texas football is one of the top programs of all time in college football. Maybe not in the more recent years. In 2016, when they upset Notre Dame, Joe Testor said, Texas is back, folks. Tyrone swoops across the goal line. They proceeded to lose the next week and have a terrible season. In 2018, when Texas won the Sugar Bowl against Georgia, Sam Ellinger, their quarterback at the time, said, We're back. You were not back. You went 7-5 the next season. Had a rough season in 2020, and even worse season in 2021. But now we're here in 2022. You got Steve Sarkeesian as your head coach. You got your best quarterback since Vince Young in Quinn Ewers. And I, I make a statement on that. I think Quinn Ewers could be better than Colt McCoy. He could be better than Casey Thompson. He could be better than Sam Ellinger. Quinn Ewers is that type of talented player. Quinn Ewers is one of the best quarterback prospects of the past decade. And I really don't doubt that. I think he could be one of the best Texas quarterback of all time. Up there with Colt McCoy. Up there with Vince Young. Up there with whoever you want to put. Quinn Ewers is that type of guy. And he can lead this Texas football team to an amazing record. If he doesn't do well, you got Hudson Card as a backup. Hudson Card was no scrub last season. He played pretty well. You got Xavier Worthy, one of the best wide receivers in the country, out there on the slot. You got Bijan Robinson, the most talented running back in the nation right now. He'll be in the NFL. He'll be a first-round pick next year. This is the year for Texas football. Not that 2018 team. Not that 2019 team. Not that 2016 team. Not that 2015 team the 2022 Texas Longhorns. And it's going to be tough. You can say, you can compare them to the 2019 Texas team who had a great week one, then they had a decent week two against LSU where they lost, but it was an insane game, and then the rails fell off from there. I don't think that's what's going to happen with this 2022 Texas team, even though they're going to lose week two to Alabama. I think it's going to be a close game, and they got an even really tough matchup the next week against UTSA. Oh, UTSA is a great program. But if you can lose to Alabama and then maybe one lower power five conference team in Kansas State, 
that can maybe get into the college football playoff. Because you have that one against UTSA. You have that close loss to Alabama. You have that close loss to Kansas State. You have all those wins over Baylor, over Oklahoma, over all these teams. You win the Big 12? I think that's what can propel Texas to the college football playoff. You don't have to go undefeated. You don't have to only have one loss. I think you can get in with two right there. It's just going to depend on how the rest of the country goes. But I think Texas, this is the make or break year. Steve Sarkeesian, this is your time. Quinn Ewers is the quarterback of this Texas football team. He's going to be a Texas football legend once all said and done. I truly believe that. That's when I take of the week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, if you need help with your fantasy football leagues here, and you don't know which rookies are good to draft, wow, we've had some great rookies in the past couple years. We had Saquon in 2018. We had Clyde edwards Lair two years ago. Well, he was great in fantasy. He has some law hype. But who are the rookies I should draft? Who are the not-so-known rookies? So, it's not going to be a lot of first-round picks here. I only have two first-round picks right here. The top five rookies, so I think we'll have the most production in their offenses this year. Let's hop into it. The first one I'm going to bring up here, Drake London. I think Drake London could be that number two target, that number three player in that offense this year because you're going to have Cordell Patterson, you're going to have Kyle Pitts, but then it could be Drake London out there, number three. I mean, number, spots up for grabs. I think it could be Drake London. Drake London was amazing at USC last year. You put him in those pop passes. He's not the speediest guy, but he has some speed. He can go up and grab a ball. I think Drake London's that type of player. Give me Drake London at number five. Number four. James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook, former Georgia running back James Cook. Oh, is he great in that orange ball? Boy, is he great in that national championship game. James Cook, Buffalo Bills running back right now. He can take over that spot by the end of the year. He can take over Zach Moss. He can take over Devin Singletary. I think he's going to have a bigger role in this offense this year. That's why they picked him. James Cook, number four. Number three, Sky Moore. But Sky Moore, he went to Western Michigan. They're going to put him in the backfield of the Kansas City Chiefs. This is an elusive player. He's so elusive. He's a great pass catcher. Patrick Williams is going to love him. Probably already does love him. He's going to be great in the backfield. They're going to put him there. Chiefs don't really have that established running back outside of Clyde Rizalair. I mean, Sky Moore, you can put him right there. Or you can put him on wide receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. Sky Moore is going to have a lot of production. He's going to get you those PPR points in that league. Sky Moore, number three. Number two, Tyler Algier out of BYU. Everybody, he did great season at BYU last year with Jaron Hall. He did great season two years ago with Zach Wilson. He's in that Falcons offense. Say Cordell Patterson goes down or Cordell Patterson isn't a go for a game. That's Tyler Algier right there. But that main running back for that Atlanta Falcons outside of Cordell Patterson. Are they even going to use Cordell Patterson that much at running back this year? We really don't know. You got Marcus Mariota in that running game. We'll see there. But Tyler Algier, number two. And number one, and my favorite player on this list, I'm going to be biased right here. It's Traylon Burks, everybody. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I love Traylon Burks. He has the physical tools. He has everything. You can say, oh, well, when minicamp started, he couldn't even play because he had asthma. Well, Traylon Burks is an amazing player. He's going to be that top wide receiver in that Titans offense, in my opinion. He's going to replace A.J. Brown. He's going to replace Julio Jones. He has the physical tools, everybody. He can be this year's Jalen Waddle, in my opinion, in fantasy football. He can. That's my top five fantasy football players. Rookies to watch out for. The under the radar. Rookies to watch out for in fantasy football. We're going to get you the most points this year. Not Garrett Wilson, who's going to not have the biggest role in that Jets offense. Not Jahan Dotson, not anybody else. These are those top five rookies. Leave Dotson in the comment section. Now, I didn't know it, but this week's Daniel, it's a great one. Did you know Scotty Shuffler, who's on top of the golf game right now, top of the golf world, people are comparing him to Tiger Woods. For him to tie Tiger Woods' record of weeks being number one in the world, it would take him a month, two months, a year, two years, 13 years, everybody. 13 years it would take for Scotty Scheffler to tie Tiger Woods' record of being number one for weeks. That's insane right there. That proves Tiger Woods' dominance in the game. I'm not saying Scotty Scheffler can't do it, but is Scotty Scheffler really that guy? 
I don't know. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's a crazy Tiger Woods stat right there. Didn't know that. Leave that in the comment section. Okay, right now, I'm going to talk about the biggest knucklehead in sports not named Noah Syndergaard, and that's Trevor Penning, everybody. Trevor Penning, rookie offensive lineman from the New Orleans Saints. First round pick, yeah, you get that first round pick money. Who? I'm not going to do any fights in training camp. I'm not going to do anything like that. Yeah, well, he got kicked out of practice for fighting three straight days in a row. They were like jokes after the draft saying, oh, Trevor Penning's going to get James Winston killed because there's clips of him at the senior bowl just beating up guys for no reason and playing after the whistle for no reason. He's going to tear James Winston's ACL again, something like that. He's going to throw a guy to James Winston. Yet Trevor Penning is a weird type of player. It's normal for a fifth-round pick to be doing this. I think Pat McAfee brought up the point where Ryan Jensen, when he was with the Baltimore Ravens, he was a fifth-round pick. He was picking fights with guys, and guys were like, I respect this guy for that. He's a fifth-round pick. He's trying to fight his role. But Trevor Penning, you're a first-round pick. You're pick number 19. I picked you to go number 19. No, it's my mock draft. Trevor Penning, what are you doing right here, everybody? What are you doing? The biggest knucklehead in sports, not named Noah Syndergaard. Trevor Penning, yeah, what are you doing right there? Fighting, getting kicked out of practice. That's interesting stuff right there. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. What do you think in the whole Trevor Penning situation? Is he going to be a good player? Could he be the next? Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints? I really don't know. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, I said I would make my choice in the Kevin Durant decision earlier in the headlines, but I'm going to make it right here right now. What lane would I take? This is what lane would I take this week. What lane would I take for the Kevin Durant decision with the Brooklyn Nets? Let's hop into it. I think Kevin Durant, at this point, what are you doing? It's, it's just toxic for the players, okay? It's toxic for everybody in that organization. If you fire Sean Marks and you fire Steve Nash, just trade Kevin Durant. Joe side shouldn't be forced into a situation to fire his two main men, his GM and his coach. Just to please one player. I really don't think he should. No matter if that player's LeBron James or if it's Delano Blayton, a random player. Yeah, interesting stuff right there. So I think Kevin Durant, it's over for him. I think he should go over to the Boston Celtics. I think the Nets should just say, Whoo, we got Jalen Brown. We got Marcus Smart. And maybe we got Derek White. And that's a deal. Everybody. We don't need anything else. I think that's what the Nets should do right there. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Do you think the Nets should get rid of Kevin Durant? Or do you think they should get rid of Sean Marks and Steve Nash? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. It is that time of year, but it is college football showcase, everybody. We've made a return for the third straight year. College football showcase. We did in 2020. We did in 2021. And we're starting it back up in 2022 for the college football season. From now until after the national championship, every single week you are going to get a college football showcase. I'm the most passionate. I am the best college football analyst you'll ever meet. Now I'm the best college football analyst in the country. You can put me up against Gus Johnson. You can put me up against Kirk Herbstreit. You can put me up against Lee Corso. I'll defeat all of them in a college ball match. Let's hop into it. Okay, so our segment this week on College Ball Showcase is, for right now, the sneaky teams in each Power 5 conference. Now, the requirements are, you shouldn't have made a conference championship under your current head coach, and you can't be ranked in the preseason top 25. I'm going to give my top 25 very, very soon. It might even be next week when AP polls is released. I'm going to give my top 25. We're just going to have to wait and see. I give my top 5 every week. We're not up into it. Let's name it right here. Top five 
Power Five conferences and the sneaky teams in those conferences. Let's hop into it. Let's start with the Big Ten, everybody. Who is the sneaky team in the Big Ten this year? It's going to be Purdue, everybody. Purdue Bowmakers have their Heisman hopeful quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Maybe you could be the Davey O'Brien trophy winner, but Aiden O'Connell is such a consistent quarterback, such a good quarterback. I love Aiden O'Connell. This is a really good team. They won their bowl game last year against Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. What a game that was. That was one of the best bowl games last year. Aiden O'Connell such a great quarterback. And then Purdue, really, really great team. They beat Iowa last year when they were number two. They beat Michigan State when they were number two. So I really think this is a really good team. I think for the Big Ten, Purdue is the best sneaky team to this season for Big Ten. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten, but I'm saying they could win the Big Ten West. They could win over Wisconsin. They could win over Iowa. They could win over Northwestern, Minnesota, whoever, maybe. That's Purdue, everybody. Let's merge to SEC. Now, SEC stock, everybody, is so tough to pick a sneaky team in the SEC every year because you just know the big dogs are going to dominate and everybody's going to be bowl eligible. But outside of Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, and LSU... Everybody's going to be about 6-6. Six and six. So that's tough right there. It's not Vanderbilt, my sneaky team in the SEC. It's Florida, but under Billy Napier in his first season. Billy Napier is a good coach coming from UL Lafayette. Had two great seasons there in the past two seasons, 2020 and 2021. I think it was 25 combined wins in those seasons. That's great right there. So Billy Napier, a very, very good coach coming over to Florida. They got Anthony Richardson as their quarterback. Amy Richardson has been amazing in fall camp. It's looking like they lost a lot of pieces. I think Florida can do it. Florida, my sneaky SEC team for this year. Now it's more to the Pac-12. And this Pac-12 team, I think they're going to be bold. Well, I don't think they're going to make their conference championship. But I think they're going to make the biggest leap I think Pac-12 teams here. And that's Arizona. But you say, whoa, Arizona won about two games last year. And they have a Jed Fish as their head coach. Jed Fish isn't the top guy. Well, Jed Fish used to be the Michigan quarterback coach. He used to be the Patriots quarterback coach. They got rid of their horrible defense coordinator, Don Brown. Don Brown was my defense coordinator over at Michigan from 2016 over 2021. For the first couple of years, Don Brown was amazing. And then Dr. Blitz lost his mind a little bit, and he started to turn terrible. Now he's the head coach over at UMass. They got a good new defense coordinator. They got Jacob Cowan from UTEP, who had the third most receiving yards in college football last year. They got Jaden Delora, who got kicked out of Washington State last year for a DUI. But he's a top quarterback in college football talent-wise. He is. Jaden Delora is a great player, everybody, in my opinion. This Arizona team could make some noise. Look out for them. Arizona could make some noise. That's my sneaky team in the Pac-12. Now, for the ACC, I really hope this team could turn things around because they're such a great program historically. And it's Florida State, everybody. They couldn't get Travis Hunter, which is just so sad for them. But they have Mike Norvell, who's a very, very good coach. After week one last year against Notre Dame, that was such a great game against Notre Dame. Went into overtime. Mackenzie Milton comes in. But they got a veteran quarterback in Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis has junior eligibility. He's been in college football since, I think, about 2017, everybody. Yeah, since 2017, Jordan Travis has been in college football, and he's been amazing every year since. Jordan Travis is such a good quarterback, and I really think he can turn things around. He's maybe have his best season at Florida State yet. So Jordan Travis is that type of player. I think he's entering his fifth or sixth year. Jordan Travis, good player. They got, I mean, they, they still have Joshua Corbin out running back, which in blazing speed, one of the best running backs in college football. Look out for Florida State to be that sneaky team in the ACC this year. Now to wrap it up with the Big 12, I really think Kansas State can maybe even make the Big 12 championship this year by Deuce Vaughn. Maybe the best running back in college football outside Bijan Robinson and Blake Corp. They got Adrian Martinez, who could turn things around at Kansas State. He had a great season last year in Nebraska, his best since his freshman season at Nebraska. Adrian Martinez every year seems like I've been hopeful. He can never do it. Maybe he can become an elite quarterback this year at Kansas State and not make that big turnover like he always did every year at Nebraska. Maybe he can do it at Kansas State. Those are my Power Five Conference sneaky teams. Leave dots in the comment section. Well, you better be ready for this segment. Here's a new thing I got for you listeners. It's called the Schoolyard Scream. We're going to do it every week 
from now on for the rest of the show's eternity. And we're going to call out a player, a coach, a team, anybody, an announcer, a referee, and we're going to rant on them. This week, Schoolyard Scream nominee, their winner, is Noah Syndergaard. Now, it's not going to be Noah Syndergaard every week. This may be the only week Noah Syndergaard has it. But we had Noah Syndergaard rant last week, and we had his mom comment on something. Heidi Syndergaard got mad about something. That's a little funny right there. You can go on Twitter. You can look it up. Squared Sports, episode number 85 on Twitter. You can see her comment about her son. And we know Noah Syndergaard saw it for sure during that rain delay because it was during the rain delay after his start. But Noah Syndergaard, be a man. Comment it yourself. You really need your mom. All the way down in Texas where I am right now. You really need your mom to comment that for you? Wow. Noah Syndergaard, just do it yourself. You have to stamp that much to a 14-year-old kid? Just do it yourself, Noah Syndergaard. Come on this show and debate me on anything you want. We're going to talk about your last start right here, where you were not good at all. And today it's a perfect game. It was only five innings because of rain delay, and it was not a perfect five innings at all. Five innings, 11 hits, four runs, and only two strikeouts for no, 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 Syndergaard. 66 strikeouts in the season right now. That's horrible, everybody. Jacob DeGrom, by the end of the season, will have more strikeouts than Noah Syndergaard. Does Jacob DeGrom, maybe his next two starts, will have more strikeouts than Noah Syndergaard with that perfect game he almost had last week? Five and a half innings. Five innings, two outs, a perfect ending, a perfect ball for Jacob DeGrom last week on Sunday. Great stuff right there against one of the best offense teams in baseball right now in the Atlanta Braves. And this was against not such a good team in the Washington Nationals. The Phillies had to face right here. No cigar didn't do much. 11 hits. He was about to get knocked out of that game early and often. But then the rain delay happened and he got caught lucky right there or else he would have been finished by the Washington Nationals. Yep. No cigar is this episode's more A6 recipient, the inaugural recipient of school Yard scream. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for that this week. Now, the best last question of this week's question is, are the Yankees still the World Series favorites in MLB? I really don't know. I think it might be the New York Mets. I think it might be the Houston Astros. Or it might just be the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think the Astros right now are the best team in the American League. They beat up on my New York Mets. They beat up on the Atlanta Braves. They beat up... New York Yankees, every time they play in the season, if they play in Los Angeles Dodgers, they can maybe beat up on them. I think the Houston Astros right now might be the best team in MLB. You never know. Dodgers have the best record. Yankees, not so much right now. It goes Dodgers, Astros, Mets, then the Yankees. Astros, Mets, and Yankees are tied with the record. But still, interesting stuff right there. Leave thoughts in the comment section. The Yankees still World Series favorites. Yeah, Matt Carpenter going down with a broken foot. Now you need to find your right fielder because you don't have Matt Carpenter. You don't have Carl Stanton. You don't really have anybody else in that roster. You can't bring up Jason Dominguez because he's an A-ball right now. Interesting stuff right there. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for question day this week. That's about for Squared Sports with Lane Frank, episode 86. Dave, good tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on TikTok, at Squared Sports. Follow DB Podcast, the best podcast producers in the game, on social media, at DB Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 87. Stay tuned.